Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition podcast. This is the Sydney series and I'm joined today with Scott Middleton. Scott, hey welcome. Hey Jay, how are you going? Hi everyone. Great to have you on. I'm really looking forward to this session. It's called Understand Any Product in Under Two Hours and we'll get into that very shortly. First, I want to give a shout out to BrainMates as our location sponsor where I'm hosting this podcast from. BrainMates is a product management training and consulting team based in Australia, New Zealand and Denver, USA. Find out more about BrainMates' three-day workshop for product folks at, on the 9th of December in Denver at brainmates.com.au. If you just discovered the Product Coalition, welcome. Uh, we're a global product management community that started out as a publication at productcoalition.com. We've grown then into a Slack community of over 5,000 product managers around the world. You can join that free by grabbing an invite over at productcoalition.com. If you'd like to watch this podcast of Scott and I, um, visit YouTube and search for Product Coalition and we're 100% funded by community support. So if you'd like to support the podcast publication or the Slack community, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash product co. Great to have you on board, Scott. Yeah, Looking forward awesome. to this, yeah, this yeah. session. Thank you firstly for contributing to Product Coalition um, with your articles on Medium. No, it's good fun. It's it, Yeah, I love writing. It helps consolidate my own thinking, so... Great, great. And, you know, um, without the writers of Product Coalition, it wouldn't exist. So, so thank you so much uh, for no giving so much thought and for sharing that content through uh, this community. Um, really looking forward to uh, this topic, understand any product in two hours and get into some of the sort of framework and thinking of how you've structured that. But before we do that, with all of the guests, been running a Sydney pub quiz. So um, I, I, you're not born and bred Sydney, are you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, you yeah, are? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to test the depth of um, yeah, okay. your integration into Sydney. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, um, the Sydney Royal Easter Show is Australia's largest annual event. How many people each year attend the Sydney Royal Easter Show? So firstly, do you attend, Scott? Uh, I try and avoid the crowds. <laughs> it's a bit hectic. Uh, but w- with the kids... Yep. I'm, I'm going to be going more often, I think. Right, okay. Yeah. The, the Yeah, so how many go? I would have no idea. Probably north of 100,000. It is definitely north of 100,000. Apparently 900,000 people each year. Um, so close to a million well, locally. Times by 10. Yeah, <laughs> 10x. Um, yeah, it's a pr- pretty big event. Um, so next one. This is a guess... What, big, what big happens guess. if I get too many of these wrong? Do we can the podcast and yeah, we, we relocate <laughs> I gotta leave. to Canberra? <laughs> yeah, you voted <laughs> off the island. Um, so Sydney is the l- deepest natural harbour in the world. How many megalitres of water do you think is in the Sydney harbour? I, oh, I don't I know what even, a megalitre yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. How do you even visualise a megalitre? I don't. I don't know. I'm going to say uh, five billion. Close. It's a it's a hundred x less in this instance. So five hundred and four thousand megalitres of water. Do you, do you do you enjoy the water? Do you get out on the water? Uh, I love sailing. Yeah, yeah. yeah? I okay. sail regularly in Middle Harbour up on Pit Water. Awesome. Yep. Oh, love brilliant. the harbour. It's the hardest. This is why I can't. I, I struggle to leave Sydney when when you got sailing like that. There's nowhere else there's in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to go somewhere else. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so on the. Uh, don't know if this is in the harbour or not, but the, the smallest beach in Sydney is what and where? Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Yeah, okay. Um, well, it might be a sailing destination spot for you then. So, Mikel Beach at Darling Point. Okay. Only accessible by boat at low tide. Mikel Beach. Okay. There we go. I'll go check it out. One for the itinerary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and where is your favourite spot to sit by the water in Sydney? Oh, too many. Yeah? Different reasons for a whole bunch of them. Gordon's right. Bay for a bit of relaxing snorkeling near Coogee. Uh Balmoral with the kids because it's close by. Pit water because the sailing's fantastic. Awesome. It's, yeah, too many. You've got yeah. one for every yeah, 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 event yeah. and occasion. Yeah. And what about for the New Year's Eve? Any Anywhere special for that? Um, avoid the city is my number right, one okay. rule. Yeah, but otherwise like mooring off, uh, anchoring off um, uh, Taronga Zoo is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or the pit water fireworks are good as well from the water. Right. Otherwise... Otherwise, if, if you can't avoid, avoid the crowds, then get out of the city. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I've done one New Year's Eve in Sydney and, yep. um, yeah, it was quite intense. Uh, yeah. But it's good to, it's good to enjoy. Yep. enjoy. It is very special. And can I ask, what's your favourite meet-up or conference in Sydney? Oh, favourite meet-up or conference? Um, oh, this, this one's pretty hard. I've, I, it's, I've got two little kids, so... My meetup exposure has significantly reduced right, over yeah. Alaska. Understandable, but uh, I've enjoyed the product tank yep. meetups. Um, I think in Sydney, what else? The the AI meetups were okay. Were good. Cool. We ran some, and we and I definitely went to a couple. Super interesting stuff going on. Cool, cool, cool. Um, let's get stuck into it before yeah. we before we do. Would you mind introducing yourself, Scott, and your your path into product and yeah, term yeah, technologies? Yeah. Uh, so I, so CEO and founder of Terum, we're on the AFR Fast 100 for two years running and we're about 30 people we're hiring at the moment. So if you, if you're interested, terum.com.au slash careers, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. The, uh, yeah, I got into products. So I've been doing that for about eight years and really before that had a variety of things so sold a built and sold a mobile game when I was younger and I've always had this blend of engineering plus the commercial side plus everything else that goes into getting shipping something that someone can buy and yeah it's really just been always a passion that meeting point and so when someone invented the title product manager <laughs> or when I came aware of it I was like oh this is pretty close to what I've been doing um, but I still I wouldn't claim to be a product manager any day of the week, right? Uh, it's it's something I've had to learn and, and build up skill in. Uh, yeah. All right. Great. Thank you. So, t- so today we're going to be talking about the topic title is understand any product in a couple of hours. Yeah. In two hours. C- can you tell me firstly, what, why, why was this meaningful to you? Um, yeah. So I, I probably every day, you know, this afternoon I'm going to have to look into a new product that someone uh, wants some assistance building and, and managing. This happens to me every every day of the week. Uh, I get asked advice from on Friday. I was meeting with a startup who wanted some advice on their their product. Um, so from all angles, I'm I'm working on this thing, whether it's with a big company or startup or somewhere in the middle. Right. I got to pick it up, and then even I find with with things that I'm familiar with, you've often got to go back to basics, and the basics get get missed. So. Yeah, this really came out of a daily pain that I experienced. Right. What's the best way to understand something um, and how to do it where you're not missing anything, where you're, uh, 
really getting the broad perspective and then working out where you can deep dive. And the faster I can do that and the faster I can help my team do that, help our clients do that, help anyone do it, the better. And I imagine for a business like yours, those repeatable patterns are important to ensure the quality is always the same and you're able to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Brilliant. So, so the first question is, how, how does it go wrong then? Um, or maybe a question before that, what, what's the outcome you're looking for after? Well, look, look like the you sit down with someone right. and everyone, you know, anyone, whether it's experienced product manager or um, someone just getting started with, a, with building a product, uh, they always have kind of a, they're going to jump right into the detail of the problem at hand or... Um, you know, they're so familiar with the domain that they kind of skip the 101 when they're trying to convey what's going on. Okay. And the 101 really helps. So, you know, often you're like, hey, what are you doing? What, what's the what's the product? And you kind of get this like, well, we're, you know, we're going to market with and that you'll get a list of features that they've got and really you've got to bring it back to you know, kind of like, all right, well, who's the customer? Um, what's the business model? Because until you've understood those you, you then really can't get into much else without any context so really trying to establish some context uh and i find you know step one i'll kind of run through the steps so yeah please do ask right. ask a lot of questions right ask a lot of why yeah <laughs> yeah and, and kind of almost set the scene that you're going to ask a lot of dumb questions at, at the outset so i'm just going to ask why you know pretend i don't know anything um and then you know, who the next question is step two is who's the customer, customer value proposition. Step three is uh, understanding the business and I find the best way to do that is the lean canvas. Okay. Step four is getting a bit of a quick roadmap. Where are they trying to head to? And step five is where you go deep on some something that you want to uncover that you think is, is going to help your understanding or where, where an issue might be. And so if I get back to the beginning of... of uh, really understanding something the beginning is really important not just for your own knowledge building but you've got to build some rapport pretty quickly right and a lot of that is asking questions you know question asking is one of the best ways to build rapport so hey tell me about what you're doing and and you've really got to let it uh this is something i constantly trying to work on but you've got to let this you got to let this play out you got to let people explain it in their terms before you start trying to uh you know, bring the frameworks to bear because yeah. if you bring the framework straight up, then people feel a bit beaten over their head with structure. Yeah. So you've got to let it play out. And also I find by letting it play out, people are going to go down really interesting. They're going to say really interesting things that they don't realise are kind of like where the gold lies in what they're talking about. Right, okay. So I'm hearing lots of similarities between this and almost like a user interview or a research discovery. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Letting, the, letting the uncomfortable silence sit. Yep. So that you learn more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And can I ask, even in this uh, this early stage, what do you look for from an audience as to who you're asking these questions to? I oh, could could be um. Could be anyone. I, it, it's often best if you're kind of dealing with the the subject matter expert or the champion, right? Okay. Which may or may not be the person wearing the product manager hat, or the product owner hat but trying to find that champion of what's going on because they're the ones either that have initiated the product or know it really well and so trying to find them and and listen to them and get the perspective from them and and sometimes if you're dealing with a larger team it's going to involve this you kind of got to run through this with multiple people because they might 
only have different pieces of the puzzle. And in, I imagine in that instance, sometimes you may discover completely different answers or even conflicting answers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and that's where that's where this kind of having a method really helps because you can get Great. everyone on the same page instead of it being this kind of nebulous thing. You can bring everyone down and say, right, here, here's what we're going to run through so we can all get on the, at least one common page of understanding. Right, okay. Um, you mentioned um, a couple of the steps there and you said Lean Canvas works you can I ask uh, how did you come to that what was your approach as to why that particular artifact works um, for this solving this problem yeah because it just gives you I'm a big fan of simplicity and it gives you a really simple way on a page that almost everyone can on the surface understand of all the different things that matter to a product or a business and that's really why I found it a great a great tool and I, and I kind of mix it up between Lean Canvas and Business Model Canvas. The, yeah. the, I know there are some differences, but it kind of right. doesn't matter too much which one you pick as long as you're kind of picking something to put it in. Can I ask, how often do, does it turn out that some of the questions you're asking haven't been thought about before? Every single conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it doesn't, doesn't matter the uh, – I'm gonna. well, it's saying it doesn't matter the depth of experience, but I find – probably in about 5% of people, they've kind of sorted all, it all out or have a plan for sorting it out because they've literally used the same kind of tools or a similar framework. But uh, a lot of people are missing a few few of the ingredients. Right, okay. And, okay. and that's part of it. I think that's one of the other great things about bringing, bringing frameworks to bear is it, it helps you check where your blind spots are. Right, right. Um, when, you, when you're working through this, is there anything... That goes wrong. Yeah, along we're the talking way. about the so so lean canvas. If you yep. chat to most people in product or tech, they're going to say, "Oh, I know about, I know that canvas." Or if you talk about customer value proposition, yeah, yeah, I know about customer value proposition. Uh, what I've found is that um, you can't always count on the depth being there, okay. and, and so. And also, people understand different parts of those differently, I've learned. Yep. And so, a lot of it's about talking it through. Not, not to say my understanding is any better or worse, but really just recognising that everyone in, brings their own set to play and you've really got to get into the detail of, of each of the boxes on that, so to speak. So, I think where, where it often goes wrong is getting into one of those boxes. So, you say, one of my favourite ones is revenue. They're always trips trips up or cost and you say revenue yeah we're going to charge people a subscription that's not an acceptable answer to the revenue box (laughs) because the devil's in the detail is this subscription going to be a dollar a day or two thousand dollars a day there's a pretty big difference around that as a so you really got to get into and that's where i love it is it kind of prompts you to go deeper and to say no no let's really answer this specifically what is the subscription going to be? How like what's the price point going to be? Why are we choosing that price point right. compared to others? Now you don't need to be a pricing expert, but at least apply some level of thought to it, or know that you haven't applied that thought and you need to come back to it. And I think that's often sometimes where it goes wrong is superficial answers that really instead of giving an answer, it should say our hypothesis is blah. But really, we need to go do a lot of work to, to put some detail here. And 
kind of yeah giving the gaps where you've got to go deep so i kind of i think that's one of the big ones um same with the the customer value proposition things being written a bit superficially okay uh i think with with i mean roadmaps are a whole other topic but what i really look for is not feature list but jobs to be done or benefits to the customer being being mapped out like direct measurable objective kind of benefits being mapped out on a on a roadmap right okay brilliant and and you mentioned you know we talked about time boxing this in under two hours so how, how do you structure so many intimate like you've got to build rapport you've got to get some yeah, yeah, yeah. quality into the canvases which i'm assuming yeah. takes a little bit of iteration yeah, yeah. how do you manage your time um around this oh yeah so it, it often depends in each session right because often some things are pretty easy and you can just knock them over so i always start with once you've done a bit of the early discussion, I always start with the things that are easy. There's often a few things that are easy. Um, knock those off so you can kind of tick them off and then that gives you where's their ambiguity, where are their issues and you can then focus there. Uh, so how do you structure the time? The other thing I want to make clear is it's not... Understanding it doesn't necessarily mean having answers for everything. Yeah. Sometimes it's about, as I just said, having more listing your assumptions and knowing where your assumptions are, knowing where your risks are, knowing where you don't know something is is all about understanding it. And I think, um, yeah, an angel investor read that I know read it and said, I should be using this to understand what Brilliant. the investments I'm thinking about, which, which you know, gives you a good, if they're going to use it for due diligence, then you kind of get this sense that, at least it's going to highlight the risks that they need to investigate further. And that's really, really what the method I'm talking about is all about. Can I ask, is, is the responses you get uh, and, the, and the confidence of those responses very different between startups and some of your, your bigger enterprise clients? Yeah, it's a super interesting question. The yes and no. <laughs> like okay. yeah, yeah, so sometimes the... Um, Often the enterprise or larger company, large tech company, enterprise will, or even government will have done more in the research side. Okay. But sometimes it's giving them a false set of confidence. So they'll have done three months of research, whereas the startup will have put something in market right. and they've both got blind spots in different areas. So whereas, you know, the, the bigger company has kind of had you know, product manager, user experience person, service designer, some market analysts kind of out there interviewing customers for three months. What they're getting is really good understanding of the domain of what based on what people are saying. Whereas a startup will launch something maybe with missing a bunch of blind spots of industry structure or, or something like that, but they're getting direct feedback on what's going on. So I think just being aware of the different blind spots that yeah. are, are typically generated by the two types. So both have got the ability to learn, but in the instance of a startup, they're learning, trying to learn rapidly because obviously yeah. cash is yeah, ticking yeah. away in the till and yeah. in, in the enterprise or government space, they're taking their time to learn, but I, I'm assuming the experimentation on the solution side is much slower yes. and longer. Yep. Um, yep. So different types of learnings. Being aware, and, and I think being aware of that natural tendency can really help so 
just just being aware of it. So the the enterprise will be having, I would say, a lot of false signals potentially because okay. they're not people are saying, yeah, 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 I like the idea. Or, <laughs> right. you know, if you've kind of, if in the interviews, you're going to get information, but then their actual behavior, if you were to put a product in front of them, might be completely different. Okay. Okay. Um, gov- government entities often, you know, people assume really slow, not focused on the customer, only yeah. develop utilities. But you've been working with governments for a, a long time. Can you, you know, tell me about uh, the shift of mindset? There? It's so exciting, actually. Right. Okay. I, I get so motivated when I walk into. Um, a lot of the government organisations right. now, not all of them, but there's a there's quite a few now where you walk in and they've got dashboards up on the walls, they're measuring their analytics, they're out interviewing their customers, you know, they're, they're applying best practice in, in their environment. And it's really exciting because as a, as a citizen to know that there's people out there that care and are applying the practices that you know, the likes of Google and Facebook have been using to yeah. grow their businesses. They're trying to apply those to making our world better. It's really exciting. They've got some constraints, everyone does, but the fact that they're applying it, I think, put, puts it miles ahead of what it used to be. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, when I think about governments, uh, organisations, the reach and the impact, like as a product person, yeah. for any product, how many people can I touch and how much impact can I have yeah. on those people? Yeah. Government... Entities, I imagine, are, are huge on both those metrics. Yeah, and they have they have a different consideration. So you know, if you if you we we recently helped with rural a rural train booking service okay. in New South Wales, and you don't think so if it's if it's commercial context, you're like, all right, where's the bulk of our users? Okay, just cut everyone else out. You can't do that in government. You've got to think harder about right. things because if you trade off a bunch of people, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of letters letters yeah. to ministers flying around. But also, just as a sense of good in society, the Australian kind of culture says, let's let's do something about it. So you've got these really fascinating product challenges that you can't actually use mm. the typical, you know, prioritise and... Yeah, you can't target uh, your early adopters yeah, yeah, just yeah, for yeah, a, yeah, a small yeah. segment. Yeah, right, you've okay. got to be careful because you, you can't... What might work for the early adopters may be a complete non-goer for... for um, you know, the 80-year-old couple that lives in rural New South Wales and has never used a phone or... Right, okay. You can't, you can't just make... Or, or may have maybe, like, vision impaired or something. You can't just jump jump to the... Oh, just don't worry about them. We'll just build this, you know, completely unfriendly React cool yeah. app for them, yeah. Can I ask... I'm bringing it back to to understanding the product yeah. in two hours and like things like the Lean Canvas thing. Yeah. How does that... The, the, the questions and the answers to those types of problems in, in government and those types of users or customers mm. would therefore be very different for something like the Lean Canvas or a business model canvas. I would assume. Does it change it in any way? Or no, is it still no, the same? no, not really. Right, okay. Um, there's still benefit. Look, it's not as clear where the revenue is, but then right. I would argue in a lot of products now, especially in larger organisations, it's not as clear not where clear the revenue anyway. is. Yeah, like if you're a product manager in a big team or you're building a product in a larger organisation – your revenue attribution is so far removed from what you're doing that, you know, when you write, well, what's the revenue model? It's like, well, the organisation gets paid from some other thing offered in some other part of the organisation and we kind of help people sign up to it, for instance. Yeah, but, right. but 
you know, is that revenue attributable to us? Probably, probably With not. With revenue being such a lagging indicator of success, yeah, 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 it yeah, may yeah. be the wrong Yeah, wrong yeah, yeah. Right, yeah okay. I mean, and also from the point of view of if you're trying to communicate and, and own responsibility, you can't take responsibility for something you can't control if, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, w- when you've been working through th- these types of sessions and, yeah. and you've got this time box, what, what's, what's the next objective with everything you learn how do you prioritize or, or move on from from this type of session well, i think it as we, as we were saying earlier you, you get some assumptions um you, you start finding out where the gaps are you know where you've kind of answered superficially or without very specific answers you can really go okay we've got to do more work here so it gives you a bit of a plan of where there's a bit of homework to be done maybe some you know mini mini projects to do research whether it's more customer right. interviews or and then uh or more market mapping or whatever it might be it gives you a really good set of where your assumptions where you've made assumptions so you can start prioritizing which ones you want to knock off you might delay some then it also gives you often will give you a sense of um what you need to un- understand next like going to that next level of detail because you know, customer value prop lean canvas a bit of a roadmap, uh, a bit high level. And so, y- you know, the sense can be one thing, but when you get down into the detail, it might not be achievable. Uh-huh. Uh, it might be that the technology is not there or can't get there. It, it might be that the user experience is completely different to the customer value props that required is required. or And you've really got to get in. So really then it's you, the the... CVP, the customer value proposition, and the Lean Canvas kind of give you where to go and focus because they're going to call out what's important to the customer, what's important to the business, and you can say, all right, that's where we need to go jump into next in a detailed detailed way. What I love about the outcome of this is it could have impact up at strategy or all the way down at delivery and yeah, anywhere yeah, yeah. in between, yeah. which is great to see um, uh, such a loose set of outcomes available from something they so sort of simply repeatable. Yeah. Um, wh- where can people read or discover more about how you're doing this, Scott? Uh, so all, all uh, this is published on the Terran blog, so terran.com.au awesome. slash blog. Great. And uh, there's plenty more up there, different ideas. I've, I've got one, one more question that springs to mind with, with a consultancy like yourself that's coming in as an external yep. and you're trying to get to these really honest outcomes for the better of everyone. Yeah. How do you create trust with employees or people feel that they may have failed if you highlight a gap on a roadmap or a competency that doesn't exist yeah yeah how do you create that trust you know it's one of the one of the most energizing parts of and i've had and i've had uh you know some of our teams say say to me that this is the bit they love like having to prove themselves each time because the bar's so much higher when you're when you're kind of coming in so we've got to and that's why i really at the outside, saying ask lots of questions. You want to be want to be building rapport, and I, and I often find for us not not jumping, not trying to lead people to where we where we want them to go versus answering on their behalf. Because you can often see in the first five minutes a mile out where you need to get to once you've been through enough of these conversations. And I think, but what what we do is directly applicable to if you're managing internal stakeholders as well especially in a larger organization where that rapport's not there because the teams are in different locations or just different parts of the organization um so i think i really think asking a lot of questions is the the big one and and again 
trying to draw things out of people versus give them give them the answer uh yeah it's really the big driver of trust building and it's it's the hard it's the hard thing you've really got to establish that for us at least in our ethos is we're there to be part of the team not right. not a replacement we're not trying to show them up yep. we just want to come in and give the objective approach as objective as you can be and that's often that's why we bring frameworks to bear so it's not it's not our opinion we're, we're trying to just shepherd things into the right right the right framework and add our experience that we've seen before and and finally can i ask is this something that you practice and and go through on site every time is it is it possible to replicate remotely for for those listening around the world oh yeah 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 right. for sure okay you just go through the questions you'd get a virtual whiteboard get a um you know awesome. go, go fire up google slides yep share it together <laughs> cool. in fact it's almost um there's a whole lot less uh, re-keying of answers at the end right, you know, okay. if you already fired up the google slide <laughs> you've got it all captured. yeah you're already there whereas yeah there's often time spent after the fact loading it up so right brilliant this has been great thanks you for sharing so much and so honestly that about what you've sort of obviously tested and learned over time to get to this point no worries thanks jay it's been a pleasure it's been great to talk about this if you'd like to um, know more about this as Scott mentioned visit terum.com.au um, and check out the blog there Scott also writes on Product Coalition so if you search Scott Middleton on the productcoalition.com site you'll find Scott's writings as well if you want to learn more there it's been good fun thanks everyone thanks everyone for listening uh, please subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player however you consume us it's Product Coalition and I look forward to sharing another Sydney based guest with you next week thank you all cheers cheers